Welcome back to another episode of the Bus Driver Experience. Wishing everybody a great and fantastic week. We're all going to tackle and get on some amazing stuff going. And it's going to be an amazing week because if you're listening to this show, we have an incredible guest. We're talking world-renowned news commentator and hip-hop artist. Over 250 million-plus views to his name getting millions of views daily on all of his channels. He's garnered a cult following for his views on politics, traditional news outlets, and the media as a whole. And his goal is to lead the change to restore common sense, truth, knowledge, and wisdom in the entertainment world. But first and foremost, before we do that, I want to welcome everybody over to the channel. Welcome everybody to this podcast. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe if you love this show and you've already listened. But if you are also new here and you're going to love this show right here because this is a great first show to be listening to, Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. It helps people find this show. And that's kind of the reason I have our guest, Anomaly, a.k.a. AJ, or vice versa, AJ, a.k.a. Anomaly. Because we're talking about how news and content is not just received and picked up, what kind of eyes you're getting on your content itself. You know, as much as we like to put our stuff on these channels and these networks, still it's sometimes limited to 10% of the people who follow and see this stuff are going to be able to view this. And I'm really happy I got to sit down with Anomaly and talk about the way content is shared and distributed on all these channels, especially someone who has had a lot of success in this content creation, not just creating the content, the original content, but sharing the stuff. Because that's originally what the YouTube platform was created for, a place for these original content creators to get their message out there and share their unique content. I'm really happy I got to sit down with AJ. I admire him in the space and I want everybody who has a view, has maybe seen some of his content before, or if you've never seen AJ's content before, do not hold an opinion. This is somebody who's expressing their point of view of how they see the world. They're not this supporter, left, right, Democrat, Republican. Just take and respect the power of someone who wants to share the vision they see the world. So now let's jump into the show with Anomaly. Okay. Alright. AJ. What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for coming out today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We come to uh, we come together under crazy times as uh, two fellow content creators. A lot of stuff going on in the content creation space. The censorship space. Um... And just like another battle of the internet about who gets sway and whose stuff gets seen and everything that's going on. It's crazy, turbulent times. Life is good, though. It's okay, you know? Life is great. We'll find a way. It's great right now. Life is good. And um, you, like I mentioned before, you're a content creator. We came together. I know he's going to kill me if he didn't say it. Shout out to Kevin Tarka making this collab happen. Um, yeah, tell people a little about you, who you are, where you come from, and... Uh, what you do, man? Sure, yeah. So I started in the, well, I won't even say entertainment industry, but I started rapping when I was like 16 or 17. I'm trying to think if I ever freestyle with Kevin. I don't think so. Uh, that's on the bucket <laughs> list. But uh, I started posting it on YouTube and learning how to get people to see it. I'm like, nobody cares about me, so how do I get people to see it? And then I built a little bit through rapping. And then the 2016 election, I started following the news more. And I've always hated the news because I always found it very negative and uh, just boring. And then when I was following it really closely, I was like, wow, they're really awful. Like, they were way worse. It's like reality TV. You know it's kind of fake. But then when you see, like, I've been on set before, and I'm like, whoa, that's even crazier than I thought. That's how the news was. So I tried to do my own more optimistic, more honest, and it took off. I got 250 million views last year uh, with wow. no, no manager, no just, like, 
couch and, and cell phone. So it turned into a whole career. And now I guess that's what I do. I say a news analyst, but I, I try to weigh in on social topics, political commentary. I still rap and also do interviews and try to talk to interesting people and get a dialogue on. Yeah, I want to take back from what you said just there. What did you do to get yourself noticed? Because I think that's the hardest thing to do in a lot of these, um, any kind of social media platform right now. They've really limited how you can reach things. Or I think mm-hmm. that's how they decided they wanted to get paid. I think Facebook said, hey, we are going to filter off everything and you have to pay us or else only 10% of the people who even like your stuff or you have a 20 million person following mm. are going to see your stuff, which yeah. makes no sense. It goes hand in hand with the censorship stuff too, because now a lot of these strategies I used to do, I don't know that they'd even work anymore. At first when I was rapping, I knew no one would see me. So I started doing remixes and putting the title like instrumental remix, things that would pop up. So they started getting views. People would see it. I created something called an MC showcase where it was me calling out another rapper, calling out another rapper. So I kind of finessed it to try to get people to see each other's audiences and uh, slowly built. And then the big jump was I I did one viral video about a false news story on a Delta airplane and it got 7 million views. And then once that happened, I had a huge spike and I had a good formula as far as how to sizing of the video, what to do. And now uh, once I have the following, it's easier to keep it going. But with YouTube, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second, and even other social medias, they're really cracking down on how the independent person can get seen. When I started, the independent creators were all over the place, and there wasn't a lot of corporate media, but now, not only is corporate media everywhere on YouTube, but they make it almost impossible to find people, so you could have the best video or the highest rated, even the most views and comments, and they bury it now in the search bar, so a lot of my old strategies are, they're like slowly just like chipping away, they're like they want everything, you know? Yeah, I know a lot of people in the uh, YouTube space are always talking about, hey, the algorithm change. But that's not just solely for YouTube. And they talk about that for Instagram, on the hashtag you use, or what kind of post you're doing. Because like I said, those keywords and SEO even like come down to people coming and finding your stuff. I know whenever mm-hmm. I put a new video out, whether it's the entire podcast episode or like these like mini doc experiences I put out, I got to be researching what people are going to be searching or typing in like phrases mm. for them to go out and find those videos. And that's, you know, again, a whole nother side and part of it. But what I'm noticing, like what you said, that's not even making a difference anymore because I think it was a uh, well, shout out this guy, coffee break. Are you familiar with him? Mm-mm. Um, this is my first video I saw of his, but he talked about something we talked about earlier today is that how much, and you've mentioned this just now, corporate media's videos are getting pushed to the top or even just getting visibility or even trending status with less views than all these original content creators who are in the space. And we're talking like big names like Logan Paul, um, who is another one, like Jimmy Dore type too. Mm. They need millions of views for their videos to be to get to trending. Mm-hmm. And then you know, ESPN, who's putting out a news story every day, or they cut together a five-minute segment of um, Stephen A. talking about this or that, and that's getting pushed up to the top. And mm. it ends up being that's not what this platform is about. And these news people have kind of like got in there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll explain the YouTube algorithm and the search algorithm because a lot of people don't understand what they're doing. And it's very, in my opinion, nefarious and, and cruel and awful uh, for content creators. So when you used to search on you know, the search bar, say you search for Donald Trump or this or that, you'd get the highest liked, highest viewed, They, no, no matter if it was CNN or the individual person. But now they bury it so far, it's crazy. I did a test of Donald Trump and Mac Miller's song has 40 million views. It should come towards the top or there's 
videos with millions upon tens of millions of views. So many, whether it's left wing people like Jimmy Dore or people that are right wing or independent. Mac Miller's got a song named Donald Trump. Yeah, he's got a song okay, Donald okay. Trump. It's an older song of his. I'm, and out, it's, I'm out of the loop. I'm so behind everything. But to find that song, even though it's got more views and than everything else, you have to scroll almost four or five pages. So whether it's Donald Trump anomaly, anything that's not political, the first 10 to 20 to 30 uh, search results are now CNN, Fox News, uh, Bloomberg, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, all the corporate media, and they make it literally impossible to find your stuff. And they've they've rigged it further, further, further. And now it's at the point Jimmy Dore or someone else could have 30 million views and you could search his name. And sometimes you still won't find his videos, even searching for his specific content. So they've they've gone so far to the point where no matter what you're searching for on almost every result, you will find 30 to 40 corporate videos that people were coming to YouTube to escape from. And they're, it's not because they're higher rated. They're not paying for advertising. Sometimes people say to me, oh, they're probably paying for that spot. No, they're not only not paying, but YouTube and Facebook are paying them. They say they're fighting fake news by giving more money to corporate media and taking it away from the independent creator. So it's in my opinion, pretty evil. And it's funny that uh, Google used to have don't be evil as their slogan, and they actually took it down a year ago, which was creepy. And then since then, they've pushed further and further and further. And uh, what they did, the, the search algorithm's wrong, because no matter if you're Logan Paul, like you said, with 15 million views, they're going to show you a CNN or a Fox or a Bloomberg video with 5,000 views, maybe 2,000 down likes. You can't even find... Elon Musk talking to Joe Rogan at the very beginning, they had Elon Musk, Joe Rogan. You had to scroll through 30 things saying how dumb Elon Musk is. Like, you know, he's smoking weed and corporate media, 5,000 views, 1,000 down likes, 100 up likes. Like, no one wants to see that. But they've, they say, this is safe news. This is what you can trust. And everyone else is bad, no matter who you are. Like, just see what we want you to see. It's very authoritarian. Why have they done that? I think multiple reasons. I The... You know, person who really looks into it could say they're trying to control everything, control the world, control the flow of information. On a lesser scale of why I think they might be doing it is they, the 2016 election, Donald Trump won, and a lot of people in big tech, you know, celebrities and people who control these companies didn't want him to win. And, you know, there's foreign interference that they're very concerned with now. They say Russia and others. So they've been tracking more and more people. Like they, geo-track me now on Facebook to make sure I'm in America. Like they, I have to be tracked 24-7 or else they wouldn't let me post. They said, we must track you. Very creepy. Uh, so they're, they're trying to justify. What does that look like? Do you got to uh, just show you that on the phone right now? No, it's just like the allow. You know, when you say allow, I said, don't allow Facebook to track me. And they, and I logged in one day and they said, unless you allow them to track you at oh, all through times. The settings in yeah, the we won't okay. let you post because we want to make sure you're there. Really? So I think it's the, the 2016 election, the loss. And now it's kind of like the spiraling of they can't figure out why corporate media is not doing well. But I, I don't think it even has a lot to do with Trump. I think he started asking questions about it. But on the left wing and the right wing, the biggest uh, groups of people, they like independent sources more than corporate. You know, I like people. I find it more authentic on YouTube, whether I'm li listening to sports or entertainment. It's it's fun and it's different. So they're trying to justify why no one likes them. So they just keep swallowing everything up. Be like, it must be this. It must be that. It must be Russia. Like they'll call someone that's far left on a political scale far right-wing Russians just because they don't agree with what they want them to agree with. Mm -hmm. And they kind of use that as a justification or, or hate speech to slowly swallow it up. So I don't know if they're purposely doing it for total control. That's what the, you know, the, 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 the pessimistic person would say. And if the more optimistic neutral approach is like they're just very 
foolish and naive and maybe uh, so like egotistical that they can't figure out that people just don't like them that much. And they're, instead of getting better, they just keep stealing, like smashing your building down. Look, I got the tallest building. You're like, yeah, you knocked mine down. What are, you, what are you doing? You took all my stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not think about conspiracies or conspiracy theories, but I mean, that's what I end up you getting pulled inside of. When, you know, again, you just question or wonder, hey, like we're have a conversation we're having on this. Is, is it that it's these people are just this egotistical to say, well, no, we're just going to buy everything out. And if we own everything, like what Facebook has done with Instagram, WhatsApp, you know, they're trying to buy that 24 cycle hour of time. And hey, you're not on WhatsApp anymore unless you're on Facebook and you're not on this. So mm-hmm. we own your time. We own where you're going to be consuming content or information or connecting with people. And, you know, you, you kind of think like, no, maybe these people aren't really conspiring and trying to control things, but they're just, you know, they want it their way. And this is the way they want the world to be shaped and seen. And I mean, we're just technically conspiring. There, people are conspiring to make things happen or go a certain way. And that's where it's so hard to you have any ideas outside the norm. You're kind of shot down against. Absolutely. And they are, in a way, conspiring. Like with uh, when Alex Jones got kicked off stuff, he got kicked off everything within 48 hours. So are, are they all, t- I guess, t- Twitter, Facebook, Google, Spotify? They're either talking or, you know, so connected to the same sources. We're like, all right, they did that. We got to do that. And uh, even the, the term conspiracy theory, I think, was kind of put out there to, to not make people question. And there are people who, I would say, question too much or believe every lie. Like, you know, ev- everything that someone else says just because they're not mainstream, it doesn't mean it's true. So mm. there, there are people that will believe anything on that side. But uh, a lot of this stuff is, is pretty well documented and it does seem like they're doing it. But I, I do also believe I think it's sometimes when you lie so much or you do so much of something, you actually believe them yourself. So I sometimes I don't think they're trying to purposely do it where they're just so like consumed with their own you know, ideas and, and very stubborn that they don't realize what they're doing. Cause I think it's going to hurt Google. It's going to hurt Facebook. I think it's really hurt the mainstream media. Uh, they're doing way worse than ever. A lot yeah, of their these ratings are down. Apparently awful. they're not even, they're switching a lot of their journalists over to freelancers and like, I think it was reported that so they can pay them in three month windows. So they can't pay them up front right away. They must not have the money right? three months down the line. And I mean, that's a, uh, I want to go back into that thing with Alex Jones, but I know it's a big thing going on with the Vox Adpocalypse. And I mean, everything with um, what Carlos Maza from Vox is trying to do or seemingly has done and how it's hurt. And I, I mean, there's a lot of content creators I just don't see on his side because what he's done has only been like a more of an avalanche on everything we just talked about with corporate media really getting their, their information and news pushed up in the way of say, hey, this is the news you can trust. But I never thought about it in that way. Yeah, uh, he's maybe he's going to unite America because it seems like gamers are mad, teachers are mad, teachers who had videos of historical stuff like Nazi Germany, they're not promoting it, but you know you teach about it, so you have videos of it. They've taken a lot of that stuff down. They've uh, taken so much money away from people that had nothing to do with it. So he kind of raised a, a storm, and that's where uh, these these companies they're afraid especially with social justice or any sort of like hate speech stuff, I get there in a tough place because if they don't do something, they get attacked by activists and they say, you hate gay people or you're not standing up for for us. But then if they do it, they, they tend to not be able to do it honestly. So it's a weird pickle they're in. And I feel like they constantly just keep doing the wrong thing. I get it's tough, but yeah, he really screwed over a lot of people by, and um, I guess complaining and saying, you know, 
take take him down or de- demonetize him. Can you give a little background to that story and like kind of what happened? Because as much as I've been like studying up and looking into it and like seeing like just how many people are up in arms about everything going on, uh, give people a little background on Steven Crowder, um, Carlos yeah. Maza, Vox, and and again like what he has to lose and what he has to win. I mean, both people. It's crazy. So, Carl, I, I didn't know about this guy a week ago. I never heard of him. Carlos Maza, I guess he's a gay Latino uh, journalist or di- video producer for Vox, and I'm not saying that to be mean. His uh, his at symbol is gay wonk that's what he self-identifies on i thought that was funny yeah, i had to look up wonk i was like what's a wonk and it's uh someone who's very analytical i guess and, and like nitpicky with things mm-hmm. and uh so he and i found out actually recently just a backpack stories he worked for media matters for five or six years which i didn't know which is like a left-wing like political kind of operative group that just really tries to shut people down so that gives it a whole new content i was like wow i didn't i thought he was just the video producer for vox so he posted a video of Steven Crowder making jokes about him. And I can't, I'm not a huge Crowder fan. I'm not a hater. I don't really hate anyone, but, you know, it's not really my, my thing. But I was looking at the jokes. I guess he was calling him gay and making jokes about his list. But it could be, you know, considered mean to yeah. others. It's funny. It's not my He's sense pretty of, He's pretty obnoxious with his yeah, jokes. Yeah, he, he kind of has like a fratty, fratty vibe. Like he's like Very. the guy, right? He's yeah. like the frat guy who's kind of a dick that like <laughs> you might want to play basketball with. But sometimes you're like, dude, come on, stop. I mean, he's probably going to be chugging out of a, just a huge pitcher of beer all the time when he's not on air. It's like, oh, come on, man. Come on. We can be nice to these people. So, everything seems so aggro with him. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying because people, sometimes they assume like, oh, you, you know, you're a huge fan. And I, like I said, I'm not a hater. I, I don't knock anyone, but I've, I've only watched like one or two things of mm. his i'm not really familiar with it so he posted all that stuff and, and said hey this is what crowder's doing to me you know he's being mean demonetize him and youtube said basically they're not going to do it and then they changed their decision and said you know what upon further review we're going to demonetize steven crowder's whole channel and then they started getting weird with it they're like we might put this back on the video if you take your shirts down if you don't sell shirts i was like what kind of policy is that like you're only demonetized if you don't sell shirts uh and then I guess they use the Crowder thing, and this is what I warn everyone about. It's not that I want people to be mean, but freedom of speech is very important in America, and we have it for a reason. And when you lose it, especially to hate speech, what is hate? I could say, hey, you have something on your, your cheek if you were, you know, you don't. But if you did, and then you're, you could be mad at that, but it could be honest. So it's a fine line. And uh, they, they took that, demonetized Crowder, and then demonetized thousands of channels, millions of videos that had nothing to do with it. So everyone's pissed at this dude. Uh, and it seems like I get where he's coming from, but he is also the Carlos dude. He's a little obnoxious where it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, why are people being mean to me? It's like, you're kind of annoying. Yeah, I've seen some of his pages. He, uh, like you said, his, his Twitter handle is gay wonk. <laughs> he says, I'm a Marxist pig. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's the weird thing about the internet. It's like this is huge playground for adults and people from all around the world. And people forget people are people and you have no idea what someone can do. The fact that our society and civilization is, you know, especially in this country, it's so, so lax, you know, there's so many little subliminal rules that we all follow, you know, red, stop, green, go move here, move there, stay with team, the white lines. Like a lot of things happen that we're just all subliminally channeled to say, okay, these are the rules we're going to follow them. Mm. And now we have the internet, which is still, I would say our generation, we're both millennials. And, you know, we didn't get, any keys to the internet or rules to it. We kind of like were born into it. Mm. Our parents didn't know it. And so we're trying to still figure everything out without a rule book. You know, luckily Gen Z has something to look at, but you know, in terms of the rules and how these things are managed and going on, you know, it's not as bad. I don't think 
as it's, as it's made to believe. But how do we, you know, confine the term hate speech and tell people that, hey, you can do this, you can't do this, especially on these platforms that are kind of corporations and they have the will to do what they want? Absolutely. I think where Google and Facebook and Twitter are losing it is I'm a person which might not be popular in certain size, but I understand actually that they don't want certain language. They don't want certain things being said because there's children there and stuff. I get that. But the problem is they don't uh, just do violence. Like they say, don't commit violence or have a physical threat. But he actually, Carlos Maza, had a physical threat. He, they're throwing milkshakes at, at right-wing people in Great Britain when they're yeah. going to vote and old people, veterans and stuff. And he said, keep doing it, make it so they don't even want to go out in public. So he's calling for physical. They allow that to happen. And then mean jokes make them mad. Where I just want consistency. So they, they let physical threats, death threats, they let that fly all the time. And then what really seems to bother them is politics. And I'm, I'm someone who... I get that certain people on the right wing can be really hateful and certain things. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you can block them or ban them for three days. But they've gone so crazy YouTube where they say that if you question like talking about someone's immigration status is now hate speech. And I'm not even someone who's like anti-illegal immigrant. I'm, I've never had a problem. I'm not a police. I'm not a judge. I'm not a hater. But it's, you know, the, the police's job, the president's job. And people can say, hey, I don't support illegal immigration. It's like I don't support theft or robbery. Like. That can be an opinion, whether you, you can debate it and say, I want them to seek asylum. But they're now making a political, you know, uh, stance on something which is in line with the law, basically illegal on their 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 platform. So it's the, like you can't talk about someone's gender uh, identity. There, there were two transgenders arguing on Twitter. One said, I'm a girl. And one said, no, I'm a boy, but I'm, I'm doing the girl thing. Like they had a debate and they were both transgender. The transgender who had the opinion of, you know, I'm, I'm switching, but I'm not that yet or something, got banned on Twitter. So two transgenders can't even have a discussion about being <laughs> transgender. So that's where it gets kind of loopy. And now they're they're branching out, branching out. So they're becoming very uh, authoritarian. But in another way, I've I've been very blessed. So like you said, it, it is a great time. I don't I'm not trying to be negative, but it, it's why getting did nuts. why did the one of them get banned and why not? Like, well, because the one had the opinion that Twitter doesn't want you to have. They want you to say if you're a transgender you know, guy and you identify as a, 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 a girl, then you're a girl, not a guy. But the other trans had a different perspective on it. And they that, and that's where they're kind of getting with it. It's not like, oh, we're trying to stop hate and violence. I'm cool with that. There's way too much of it. But it's almost like we don't want you to have that political opinion. We don't want you to have that social opinion. We don't want you to disagree with us. We don't care if you're left wing or right wing. We don't want people to see your stuff. You, you can't even find a lot of stuff in Google searches anymore. They've rigged it so much where it's like, this is what we want you to see. And the stuff that they want you to see is, is awful, in my opinion. The mainstream right wing and the left wing doesn't come close to the independent creators. And they've actually made it nearly impossible. So it's becoming very Orwellian or Brave New World style where they're doing I've been reading the book recently, 1984. They're almost just as bad, or if not worse, than the the book, the people in the book. But why does that matter? Like, why should someone say, "Oh, well, my stuff's getting banned on YouTube," or go make a new platform? Like, why is it that this platform and what these people are doing? Why does, why should anybody care? Why why can't they just go start something new? They can. I I agree. People need to be more ambitious and creative. That that side of it, I agree with. You know, you don't have to use it. But on the flip side, I guess the counter argument is. Google is probably more powerful than the Roman Empire. You know, it's like they have so much pull in every country. They could collapse entire economies in a second. And they've they've done that in some ways, you know, and even for people who work there. So 
I, I see it both ways. I'm like, guys, why do you, why, why do we suck at everything? How come we don't have any companies, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I made a joke about uh, the right-wingers. I said, why, why are you guys only good at Cabela's, Chick-fil-A, and country music? I'm like, why don't, you, why don't you make a Twitter or YouTube? I was semi-joking, but I was like, I'm like, why does, you know, why do left-wing people own all of these tech companies, or at least nobody that can uh, see it both ways? So, yeah, one, one way is, uh, you know, they're so powerful, they need to be stepped in. And another is turn your phone off yeah <laughs> i get it yeah um what's his name uh novel or noel ravikant um amazing amazing mind great speaker um you know he had a perspective on this topic yeah technology and movement toward new technology is usually more left-leaning mm. and people who are in that left-leaning space are developing you know those technologies and this is not just you know in this uh internet age that we're in now this yeah. is just throughout history and music and entertainment and to that I, i'm like conservatives you guys step it up like how, how come why are you not doing that and i think a lot of conservatives don't want to hear that where i say you know you can blame the left for doing that and i agree that th- these things are not right but who's stopping you like i'm I, i've always leaned more left but now i find myself you know understanding a lot of right-wing points and no one bothers me i have friends in the music industry because i'm not annoying and i'm not a not a hater so it's like no one's stopping me from doing it what why why can't you build a a social network or make a good song like you know we can't just have toby keith uh we lost we already (laughs) lost the dixie chicks like what you know they they never rebounded kanye west one month a year (laughs) kanye west when he visits the white house or talks to candace owens then we're kanye west fans well he 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 comes in he drops some gems and he disappears he goes to the to his uh, church service for six months very smart probably a mentally like calm and and he doesn't like to do it but we need more we need more than Kanye West and, and Ted Nugent and that's no one no one's fault but uh like I guess you know liberals tend to be more creative or ambitious in those departments and uh that's that's the way the cards fell so now we're here and uh, I, you know just take it it's fun yeah Americans really need to realize how important and how much influence their position in the world has it's just it's so lacking and, you know, I've blessed to say I've got the opportunity to travel around the world. I got to see all these things. And, you know, enough people who, you know, complain about things not being the best or the way they want them at this present moment in time. I think we're just in a growing pains time. You know, we're trying to feel all these things out. We have, you know, the availability and space and time and, you know, financial like uh, stability for a lot of people in this country. There's still a lot of people who are left out of those places. Mm. But for people to go out and like, change their gender or go travel the world like Mm. literally the options it's it's almost like a video game now like hey what do you want to do to your body where do you want to go in the world today like people don't look at it in that lens they don't and again as americans like hey how much the rest of the world looks at what we do and who we are because again i think uh we have just such an important place and people really, really admire who we do and how we get to choose things and how we get to do things. I know a lot mm. of people around the world like don't like that Trump is president. They like when Obama was president. It's like, oh, yeah, Trump maybe not be out there being the most vocal points or isn't is definitely not the most polished person. But, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to hear military people talk about it. We're just like, yeah, where he's like, I'm not going to tell you my strategy or I'm not going to say we're going to go out and bomb this place or we're going to go do this and that. Yeah. And that literally has thrown countries off. I'm like not, it, Iran, like literally, is panicking because they don't know what this guy is going to do. 
and what his strategy is going to be. He's crushing it in that department. With Me- with Mexico, he he uh, said he was putting tariffs or something. And even right wingers like Ben Shapiro were like, eh, I don't agree with that. You know, he's all mad. And then like the media is like, that's terrible. And uh, recently, yesterday, Mexico said they were going to deal with you know their problems with Guatemala, and also they froze the bank account of 26 human traffickers who were trafficking like mass amounts of people and children into the U.S. So Trump put the pressure, and like same with Kim Jong Un, he's like. Hey, buddy, you're fat. Or so. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you calling him fat? Like <laughs> the Rocket Man it's thing. Legit, like, it's it's absolutely insane. Like, everybody's right. like just up in arms. Like, why are you doing this? You can't but then do two this. Two months later, he's smiling with them. And like, if you've never seen, they have one of him and Kim Jong Un, and they have the Office music playing in the background. Hilarious, but it's like in a, in a weird way, uh, it's it's worked. And I want to go back to what you're saying before because I think this is a problem on on both sides of the political debate. Is people aren't grateful at all like I, I wake up and what helped me kind of get here was being like I have food I have water I have a cell phone like my ancestors used to have to take horse and carriage and work in factories like my grandfather worked in a mattress factory my other one worked in an asbestos factory before they knew asbestos was bad which mm-hmm. is not good so it's like my ability to do this even on my worst day I can $15 uh, which pretty much probably almost everyone has laying around even if it's their last you could order food and somebody that's pretty nice will take the food to your door that's amazing so people don't look at that stuff you can have an opinion be like i don't like the trump's doing this or like hey i don't i don't like this illegal immigration policy but to spend your whole life in that zone you're only wasting your own time and there's always been pros there's always been cons but i find the pros of living now like you said it is like a video game i could travel i could see other people i could look for the good in people i could go to the beach so i don't live in this world of of negativity and that really bothers people online it's like they're like be mad with me and i'm like you got to get out of the house or like (laughs) go for a jog like what you do spend every day mad on twitter whether no matter what your politics are Mm -hmm. you're just playing yourself yeah it's I, i tell people like you know I don't think I'm saying anything that's upsetting people or anything. But like, are you afraid to say this? Like, people are gonna get mad. I'm like, I, I guess I have too much positive energy or something. I, I don't attract these people. You know, no trolls come after me, and I guess I shouldn't be saying this and inciting this. But yeah, I'm lucky that uh, I don't have those people in my life. I don't have those people on social media, and I can spend time on there and connect with people around the world, even like yourself, to have conversations like these. It's, it's, yeah. I'm gonna send my troll army to you now. Please don't. I got. Please don't. Hundreds of thousands of <laughs> trolls. They live in caves and they're just waiting to ruin someone's. No, I'm just kidding. Oh man. But it does get ugly at a certain point. Got to you. Got to dip out. So I want to talk about the news thing. You got into news commentating on YouTube, and you've been doing that. As you said in 2016. Mm-hmm. What got you into that? Looking at the news, and I always knew. I thought the two-party system was a lie. I thought the wars being started were totally false and, like, we're killing people for no reason. Uh, I never liked the the Democrats or the Republicans. I thought they were two birds of the same stone. And I saw Bernie Sanders, and I was like, oh, maybe he's he's outside the system. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. He he swooped me up. And then I was like, you know what? Let me actually read the news. Because I straight up did People think I love politics. I can't stand politics. I don't like the news. I still don't like either of them. But I started actually reading, and I had a lot of time on my hands. I worked on the computer, and I started dissecting Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, Bloomberg, all of these big companies that I just ignored. And I realized that a lot of them, almost in unison, were lying or at least skewing the narrative in a very negative, nasty, what I would consider not fair way, not fair to Bernie, not fair to Trump, not fair to anybody besides who they really wanted to. And they almost made it impossible, I saw what they were doing, to find any other opinion. 
So I was like, whoa, it really is. I've always thought that the news was like that, but I was like, they really are either directly or indirectly crafting a narrative that's almost impossible to find outside the source. Because why liked, did they want Hillary? Like why? Because that's the big thing people say. Yeah. Like, they wanted Hillary to win, but why would they want her in office? Well, I think Trump is uh, not who they wanted per se, and uh, Bernie was not who they wanted, and she had, you know, I would say media connections, military industrial complex uh, connections I would say bank connections she's been in politics for a while so most politicians are people that they go into politics with no money and they leave with a lot of money there's politicians from California I won't name who came into office with nothing they have a hundred million on a salary they're getting the money from somewhere whether it be lobbyists you could say pharmacy lobbyists military lobbyists there's all sorts of people who pay politicians to do stuff other countries even you know they they talked about that a lot the last two years but they didn't even look that far into it only in a small section so i think certain politicians are just puppets uh, in a sense and uh hillary was someone who would do what they wanted her to do in, in some sense or maybe she built up a lot of power over 20 years in politics where she made a lot of friends and uh Bernie and Trump, it seemed like they didn't want to give them a fair shot. I was like, there were 10 things Bernie is talking about. You don't have to agree with me, but I want to, they acted like it didn't exist or just constantly hated, 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 put the nastiest things. And I was like, that's no way to treat someone. And um, when Trump won, I noticed that even like George Bush and Barack Obama, and they're all, they're all like mad at him where I was like, and then Mitt Romney, John McCain. So then it really kind of made me think what I've always thought. I was like, even if McCain would have beat Obama, he would have got the job done. I think there is, in a sense, I won't, I, conspiracy, maybe not the right word, but a Be group careful. of people <laughs> that are, you know, they, they have a certain war agenda, military agenda, a certain agenda for, you know, bigger than the United States, and they, they have a lot of money and a lot of influence. And uh, I think even Trump is influenced with that. He's mentioned it, actually, in an interview he, talking about Iran. He said the words military industrial complex before then was a uh, conspiracy theory. You know, and he said, listen, he's like, there's some guys in Washington that they don't want me to pull out of. I tried to pull out of Syria. He said they don't they don't they want war constantly. Like he actually admitted that. And, and that was pretty, I thought, revolutionary. Well, that's a tough thing, because I, I believe that our world is so tightly knitted economically that that does prevent us from going to a lot of wars. It prevents a lot of other countries from around the world going to wars against each other because there's so much more freedom to move. There's so much more freedom to travel, start a business on the internet. You know, I'm sure China and even India, if this was just 200 years ago and they had nukes mm. done goodbye, if they had nuclear weapons, but no other technologies that we have now, there would be just so easy and so much constant war right there battling for um, different land rights and um, possessions of ocean, trade routes, etc. But now that we have this tie with economics, it's great. But then, you know, the the pessimistic side is like, hey, well, these companies or these countries that weren't on the World Bank, the Syria's, the Afghanistan's, Iraq's or mm. Libya, these are countries we invaded and went into. I mean, it's it's very unfortunate what's going on in those countries. And for those people, I mean, a lot of those countries have lost an entire generation of, you know, their youth and of the, their people because a lot of them are still fighting. They're dying every single day. And but I, I that's where the U.S. has come in in a responsibility side. And, you know, like that our military has taken up the possession for, you know, not the possession, but, you know, hey, Japan, you don't need a military. We got you there. South Korea, we got you there. Mm. I mean, the amount of bases we have, it 
if you want to say, subdues or keeps countries in check like China and Russia, Absolutely. if you believe they're bad or good or whatever side you're on. So, you know, that's like the Sam Harris argument. Is there a, is there a good way? It, it is our, and it's a tough moral question to ask, are we the more responsible country with the military and with the economic thing, which comes down to the question we had about the companies as well, corporations. Are we the ones to deem morally that this is the right way mm. to live, be as a human being in this time? There's a general under, he was under Bush, I forget his name, but he made a video and he said that they had an agenda of the countries, most of which you named, that they were going to go in step by step and he kind of was a whistleblower or something on it. And they've they've gone for those countries. So I'm the type of person which left, left-wing anti-war people tend to agree with me sometimes and disagree because I'm like, you're, I'm thinking like you're thinking we need a strong military. I'm not someone who's like defund it. I'm glad we're all over the place, but... I think what we've been doing in Libya, in Syria, uh, in other countries is actually hurting the United States economically, hurting us uh, safety-wise, hurting those countries. It's a lose-lose-lose because I, I feel like with the, the research I've done that we're not doing it because of America or because of safety or because of those people. They mm-hmm. always use a kid picture. Like, we got to go to Syria. This kid, half those uh, pictures have been debunked. The father of the Syrian kid said they took a picture of my kid. They like propped him up. There's a video of them propping him up. And then they used it for the opposite of what the father wanted. So I think what they're doing is there's there's people in other countries that we're acting on behalf of them. And also if you're a, a pharmacy company, you know, they've there's reports of them giving pills that had like HIV positive to other countries because they didn't want to lose the money, but they didn't want to give this? it here. That's, uh, I don't, I don't want to say the com- company. Yeah. If you search, uh, you know, I, I, I know the company, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So I don't want to risk myself legally by saying it. But if you search, <laughs> you know, HIV pills, South America, like pharmacy, it'll, it'll pop up. And it's not, it's not even like Alex Jones, it's CBS and, and mainstream sources. So where the pharmacy industries become corrupt because they want to sell no matter what. And you see a lot of opioid deaths and overprescription. Same, there's a whole industry that's a billion dollar industry around weapons. So uh, even Trump, as much as I've you know gone out on a limb to say he's done a lot of things that are positive, he continuously sells weapons to Saudi Arabia. And the hijackers from 9-11, they weren't from uh, Iraq or I- Iran. I, most of them were from Saudi Arabia. I'm not saying to cut ties with them. I get they got a lot of money, oil. I got friends from Saudi Arabia. But you're telling me we went to these countries, attacked Gaddafi, who had nothing to do with 9-11 at all, and then give weapons. You know, even Trump will sell billions of dollars of weapons to the country where most of the hijackers were from. So there's something going on where it it seems like, kind of like with Google or YouTube, I think they should morally police their their site, but they've lost almost total control. And it seems like they're, they're... Everyone's becoming a little insane where they're not the uh, moral judge and they they favor awful people sometimes and they uh, constantly attack what I consider the best and most honest people. Well, don't you think everybody has the best intentions possible? Or again, because that's where we go to the conspiracy point that even though that the goal of these companies is inclusion, it's they have good intentions behind all these things. They have good intentions with this military industrial complex and to tie the world together economically. So, you know, we have certain reasons and certain ways to not go and kill somebody on the other side of the mountain, which happened, you know, it's like you didn't know about 1500 years ago, that a bunch of blonde haired men with horns on their head. were going to come over on a boat today and just mm. rape and pillage your entire village. You know, we don't have that anymore. We have the security, you know, financially, excuse me, with economics 
and this U.S. military now. Don't you? Do you think there is a people that there are people with a negative idea in doing that? I don't think it's going to be all the way negative. Yeah. I think that's just the way people think that's a positive push towards again towards their design of the world. It's crazy that people have the ability to do that though. I think it's a mix because I think a lot of the people, especially on the ground level, are uh, they have no idea what they're doing. You know, if they're doing things that I consider are nefarious, I don't think they mean to. I think they have good intentions. And I think some people at high levels have good intentions or they've lost sense of reality where they believe what they're doing is right. But I've, I've met people at, you know, billion dollar companies that have, you know, say pushed a product or done stuff that has hurt a lot of people. They knew that, so I think there are a lot of people, or at least some, who do it for their interest. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people that are like, listen, I, I know that this product is going to hurt millions of people, but it's going to make me billions of dollars. So I think it is a mix, but I think people underestimate uh, the amount of people who are either selfish or, or so far gone that they're, they're not thinking about everyone and they're thinking about themselves. But the, the sad irony of it is usually those type of people crush themselves in the end as well or their company so well i mean people are people and that's what you know like i said even though i know these people maybe they have the design to do something positive you can't trust a person we've created this whole game of society and civilization and we're all trying to compete against each other with each other to get you know to the top so to say so yeah like you said sometimes corporations will go out and you know they don't tell people that this water's got cancer in it and mm. now people are drinking this thing and well hey we know we only have to pay a certain penalty mm. in order and yeah we'll give these people subs uh you know uh what's it called payment um settlement and it's all good no worries we know we can get away with doing that and we knew that stuff was in there but again is that a nefarious thing is that just the way the game has been designed because the same thing can go for vaccines. Vaccines have gotten us as a civilization, or certain medicines mm. have gotten us as a society. Like polio is like my, my favorite and best example. Like it's literally extinct as a disease. It doesn't exist. It does in Pakistan and Afghanistan now because the Taliban prevents people in certain areas that they have control over in pockets mm. for people to go inside. And I know that's been a huge thing that's happened recently. And it's like, is that due to those companies doing that? Is it because you know, these vaccines or bacterias or whatever, um, germ or disease mm. that we're trying to prevent from our society has mutated. Maybe it's, it's just, um, been able to battle back because again, we're battling all these different little microbes and diseases like that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a balance. And I think in the United States, especially and other places, we have checks and balances for a reason. Like we have free speech. So you're allowed to have any opinion about vaccines. Now, Facebook is, uh, and any anti-vax, uh, content there deranking or getting rid of so they're taking away essentially free speech on that area in that platform and it's a combo of both where certain polio vaccine and others are excellent they've eradicated it it's awesome but these companies are have been proven time and time again that they will go the distance to make more money so my thought now which is almost at the point where if i say it you know i could risk losing my whole channel but i i'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer but i do think they're pumping 
way too many in kids at once. I do think it's causing illnesses. And I did a research uh, paper or video yesterday where I quoted CBS and the CDC.gov. So it's a government website. There was two cases, one in Florida, I think one in California, where everybody who caught measles vaccine and mumps vaccine at the school, they were all actually vaccinated within the last 15 months. So in those certain cases, no unvaccinated kids. And then I post this and people say, are you an anti-vaxxer? This is CBS and the CDC. This is the government website telling you the center of disease control. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's a little strange to me. So there, there's more mutations of it. Maybe they don't have the right one. But we do have to question these pharmacy companies, especially real quick. I want to say uh, Bayer. They yeah. bought out Monsanto recently and, and Bayer got their start. Well, I think it was like selling heroin. You got to look it up. But uh, I, I get it. 19, 1900s were wild. You got to do what you got to do. But <laughs> they also uh, worked with Nazi Germany to, to kill people. And that's documented on, on Wikipedia and uh, I think CBS as well and other yeah, sites. Was anybody uh, at that company still working with Nazi Germany uh, or you know, sure. affiliated or connected to? I mean, to? not Nazi Germany, but I'll, I'll drop another gem that... Because it's a German company where people don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Volkswagen and others come from. But when, when we defeated defeated Nazi Germany, we had something called Operation Paperclip. This is on Wikipedia as well. 1,600 of the top German scientists, leaders, political leaders, 1,600 all came to the United States, not for a refugee, but they lived, I mean, I'm sorry, they worked in the United States government. And people, you know, the, the counter argument is, well, you know, they were talented, they wanted to take them, or, you know, are they still connected? But imagine if we defeated ISIS and we took 1,600 members of ISIS, brought them to the United States, and they had government positions. The space program was was founded by a Nazi. I mean, the the amount of Nazi influence. I'm not saying they're all still Nazis, but they call random Trump supporters a Nazi. But they don't look at literal Nazis who, in my personal perspective, have possibly taken over the food and and medicine industry. And I'm not I'm not saying they're all bad now. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not allowed to question that and if nobody nobody thinks about that stuff, that's how they kind of get away with what they got away with with a lot of products and stuff they've sold us it's because no one really thought about it but now that they do yeah there's lawsuits and there's you know blowback but for some people 40 years too late yeah i mean again that's how the civilization society games played you know hey do you want russia to get these guys and do you want russia because we're in this whole nuclear arms race that happened in the cold war right after world war ii so yeah do you put these guys on trial do you take them in i mean morally yeah justified i mean you should be going and put these guys on trial for doing the things they did i mean um i know you mentioned one of the ones that ran the space program i think he, one of them was like in charge of a factory in in berlin where they ha- they hung jews yeah during the hol- uh during then and then he was running and working for the for the space program yeah i just have a question i'm like did did you guys check to make sure they stopped doing this because i didn't read that part of the thing where i'm not saying they all still are and you can take talented people. I get it. In a war, you fight for your country. You have to do that. But I find that a lot of the historical narrative doesn't add up. And if you question it, they call you a conspiracy theorist or crazy. And now they're starting to delete history and basically rewrite a lot of history. So where have you seen that? Deleting history? Or, yeah, because yeah, oh, I'm, uh, I'm a big history guy. Uh, I studied history in college. They're, ba- they're banning a lot of uh, books from Amazon. They're starting to delete, like I said, uh, historical context videos from uh, YouTube. Uh, historians who have a more nuanced perspective, I'd say, because even in the worst things throughout history, it's not like, oh, they're great or when they were terrible. But you have to if you really study history, like, you know, you go step by step and like this happened then this happened, then they rose and they rose. Like it's more simple than bad. Don't talk like ban it. So, you know, uh, those type of things, I feel like they're even today 
who's going to write the history book of today? Is Donald Trump the greatest president ever or is he a literal Nazi? Like, depending who gains control of our history, we're either going to learn that this guy was like, you know, the greatest president since Lincoln or that he was the worst guy since Hitler. So it's like, I think about those things. I'm like, who's going to write the story of, of today? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I look at history of the grain of salt too. You know, what was happening? What was going on? And how did people think? Are you a Dan Carlin hardcore history fan? I, I, I'm not familiar. Oh, man. I, people have told me to check him out. Though. He's one of the, just in terms of like storytelling, like, like he's a treasure, like mm. just like one of the greatest storytellers of our time, especially how he can take you back in time to history with the amount of research and um, just production he does, you know, with uh, reading these audio back to you in like six hour shows. But you're never like, oh, man, six hours. You're like, damn, only six hours. <laughs> like he might not put one out for another six months or a year. That's how much he puts into this. Wow. And it's the number one podcast ever. Wow, his, Dan his Carlin. Show. Yeah. All right, I'm going to check so it out. So Joe Rogan puts them out. He gets those 10 million here and there. But when Dan Carlin puts one out, he'll have like a million downloads in less than a day without even publicizing it. You just know subscription-wise. Or you got your buddy saying, yo, Dan Carlin's out. Well, I need to get to that level where I just disappear for six months and drop one thing and then disappear again. That's, yeah. That's goals. Research him. Yeah. All right. Figure, figure out what he's doing. But again, like you said, he uh, he really does an amazing job, which is the hardest thing, I think, storytellers the news the media has a really hard time doing about being fair and balanced mm. like he does one on the called the celtic holocaust and it's all about julius caesar and what julius caesar was trying to do while he's trying to take over rome while out in the middle of gaul battling taking on all this land killing all these people setting up all these different things while reading his journal. So he's in the mind of julius caesar and trying to break down to you what he was doing mm. what he had to be thinking and Julius Caesar was that smart of an individual to know that you were going to be reading his journal and what he wanted to write down and what he wanted you to think mm. and to see in that. It's really, really, really deep perspectives on individuals because, again, those were people. Those were human beings just like you and me back then, but they thought a certain way, but they still did people things. And that's great to hear that, like hear it from his word, and then you hear maybe the anti-Julius Caesar, and then you can start He'll to give you both sides, out, and you're that, like, yeah. okay, because that's, that's how a lot of things are. And I, I know for myself... They've never written articles about me, only negative articles. They actually called me a, a white nationalist and a bunch of things for a, jo for a Irish joke uh, I made on St. Paddy's Day. I'm not even Irish. I'm part Puerto Rican, so I, I don't know. I, I cling on to that, that card. I'm like, yo, help, I'm not white. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm not, and I'm not actually even a nationalist. Like, I'm not a, I'm not, that's not my, my thing. But they wrote that about me, so my, my point is if something happens to me or in general, like by the time I'm done with my career, is that what people are going to read? Because that's like that written was so terrible. I've done, you know, so many songs and like collaborations and I have so many videos. I actually have a video how to stop nationalism if that and then people on the right wing got mad at me. Why do you want to stop nationalism? I'm just saying how to if they wanted to stop it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It was like more of like an outside looking in. Like good I'm, Google search video, though. That's a good job for YouTube. That's, so I, I sent it to him. Like, guys, you, you call me a white nationalist. I'm not even really fully white. And also, I'm not a nationalist. And I've made videos about how I'm not a nationalist and how do, you would stop nationalism if you would. And these are the type of people on, on the left wing in journalism that not only smear me, Joe Rogan, anybody who doesn't fit along their narrative, but they uh, actually grow Trump's support. They've made the right wing wildly popular in, in the Europe. The right wing is making lots of gains, and so is the further left. So you have the, the right wing growing 
enormously and people are leaving that mainstream it's becoming to go more further. polarized yeah yeah which Whereas is uh, either you're on this side or this side and that's just again not a healthy balance for society for a civilization i mean just to have conversation i mean that's what i love about the podcast space and what i get to do is i literally have different conversations with different people men women whatever creed or code you come from and you know I don't see the world. I only get to see the world one kind of way. Mm. And I want to have conversations with people to see and then also try and make a video to take on whatever their unique experience is. You know, I was in Colombia. I got us access to a cocaine production house. Like, hey, who is this man who's making cocaine? He's literally getting paid by the government not to grow these coca leaves. But if he grows corn, he's still not going to make as much money as he is if he's going to produce these leaves. He doesn't even make the cocaine and make the money that some dealer is going to make that gets in the United States. But hey, listen, I'm trying to make money for my kids. I'm trying to make money so I can live and survive. It's guy in the middle of nowhere in the jungle, Colombia. It's, it's just fascinating that we can't really form opinions unless we actually uh, walk the walk. That's it. And uh, talking to people and letting them tell their story, like what, what you're doing. Uh, someone like a Joe Rogan, he brings people on. Sometimes he'll question certain people, but he gets them to tell their story. Uh, I was watching an old CNN video of Louis Farrakhan. They interviewed him after the Million Man March in 93 or 94. And I thought it was a great interview. They showed him playing violin, who he was, who he said he was. And then CNN said who they thought he was. Very fair. Very fair. Nowadays, you couldn't do that to him or anyone else where I, I get it. You don't have to like him. But do you want to tell the story or at least have them where the news, whether it's right or left wing, they bring people on and they're like, this is who you are. You're awful. You're this person. And then if you say one thing, they're like interrupt you and be like, well, what about the well, Charlottesville? And you're like, what the what are we we're, we're talking about basketball? Like, you know, it, it's OK to have those conversations, but they're looking to frame you in a certain light. And anybody who breaks them out of that light, I like to do that to people on the left wing that I disagree with a lot. I like to find things I like that they do and be like, hey, Ted Cruz and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are working on a bill now to stop uh, lobbyists from or to stop politicians from becoming lobbyists after they're a politician. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's somewhat Ted Cruz, right wing. I've only heard that once talked about outside of the, this right now. Because no one wants to do no, no, I love that stuff because people on the right, they hate Cortez. But I tell them all the time, I'm like, you're making her famous like the left wing made Trump famous. And your hate, hate never looks good. Like get that heart, get that hate out of your heart where all you do is talk about her. I talk about something and they talk about her. She's living rent free in your head and, yeah. and focus on the good. I don't, I don't agree with a lot, but her and Ted Cruz stopping people from becoming lobbyists. Like I love I want I want more of that. Yeah, it's it's people forget that these people are reflections and the representatives of who you are. Mm. And they only get such a limited time to go in there and do stuff for you, especially uh, on Congress. Congress is what, two years, Senate six, I think. So whenever they can get out there, they can yell at somebody, they can make change and, you know, really lay ground on people. Let them do it. Let them get out there and do that. And again, that's where the whole sports team and the tribal tribalism comes in. People, this is more like a sporting event for people. And it's fallen to that arena with the news and media and everything we're talking about with the, with the, um, with different social media platforms. They don't want everything seen or they want it seen in that light. Mm. Dangerous. Yeah. Well, you know, the only way to do it is, uh, break out of that. I think that's the beautiful part of it is, if everyone's going one direction, if you stray from that, it, it seems to take on a life of its own. And that's helped me a lot where I've gotten a lot of messages from people that are like, I don't agree with you, but I like what you're saying. Or I like what you're doing. And 
people that never would have felt that way be like, oh, I never thought that way. So when when everyone's going doing all that stuff and even YouTube having a collapse, it's only going to hurt them at a certain point. So I, I think the world takes care of itself in that way. Where do you see the future of uh, news and media like going? It's tough to say because every, everything's in the balance. These few companies, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Instagram, they have more power than the television and the old media knows that. That's why they're hounding them to, to put them at the top and everyone's bad except for us. They're dangerous, not us though, even though they've you know done awful mistakes and, and costly stuff uh, more than the people they hate on. But are they going to win out and close everyone out? Is is something else going to come up? I'm not really sure, but I, I think uh, the internet and um, video content, like two years ago, Instagram only had pictures. You know, now videos dominate Instagram, videos dominate Facebook. There used to not be videos. So that type of stuff, short content, I think journalism is dying, like text-based media all these companies buzzfeed vox they're on strike they they're not getting paid enough it's because they they suck no but they have like the video (laughs) stuff but no one's reading that stuff anymore so you got to evolve and i'm very underwhelmed with the personalities like someone like myself or you or you know thousands of people doing it they have all the money in the world new york times washington post fox these i'm underwhelmed with the people that they're picking to represent you know you got all you got a budget go get somebody that people actually like and that's reasonable and then like joe rogan is probably more powerful than huffington post vox cable networks by himself with like probably two or three workers why is that is you know it's because he did it right and provided something that no one else had so i I think uh that type of stuff's going to take over but there is a huge blowback but text base falling short based uh good and long base i guess too it's weird as short gets more important so does uh long where it's like either people are like i only have five minutes or five hours you know if you're so combo of all all that stuff maybe Mm mm-hmm no, I, I, yeah, it's crazy what happened with Joe Rogan, just how much freedom he has. And I never thought about that. He only has a team of two or three people, really. That Maybe run. he has more. I don't know about No, I think uh, there's, a, there's a page called Powerful Joe Rogan. Um, I think he does a lot of the um, production in terms of, like, reaching out to different guests, setting up those interviews and, mm-hmm. uh, and shows. And then you got Jamie in studio, and, yeah, that's about it, man. That's and, and he gets a lot of pressure now, I know, because uh, once, you, once you reach a certain point and you're that influential... I'm sure he's got a lot of people, you know, coming at him from different ways. And uh, to some people, I know, you know, certain people don't like Joe or this or that. The cool part about it is just do your own thing. Like, I, I, there's no there's no uh, reason to, to hate that hard or spend that much energy. Do your own thing. Make it better, you know. Yeah. He's and, the first uh, indie, you know, podcast creator, really. I mean, he was doing this in his garage with uh, Brian Redband. And, you know, it's this now. It, it, it's, it's incredible what he's gone from in terms of the, of the podcast side, at least it's really amazing. But that's one of the bigger things too, is influence and how much what would be the term, you know, how much importance do these influencers have in order to say things? You know, a lot of people get on Michael Jordan and say, Hey, Republicans buy shoes too. You know, mm. I, do, I, I can't criticize or chastise people on their politics. These are my customers. I got is that what know. Jordan said or no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Smart. <laughs> so, I mean, then you got a guy like LeBron James, who's a lot more vocal and active, you know, about social issues and social justice, not just in his own community, but inside the country himself. And I know a big thing, too, is like, you know, athletes with the with the um, with the influence they have of protesting 
And I think that's all good. I think people should have the ability to do that. Like you said, if someone doesn't want to go to the White House, they don't have to go to the White House. I think it's a great honor and you have the ability and the the privilege to get that opportunity, whoever's your president or not. But again, same thing goes like Colin Kaepernick. Let the guy kneel. This is this is the thing. Do you know where the you know, national anthem even comes from? When it was written, who it was wrote by, and what is he doing that's giving you such grief? But what do you think influencers have a position to, you know, place themselves uh, on moral issues or social issues like that? I think every influencer, rappers, uh, anybody, you have to understand that you do have influence and just, you know, with great power comes responsibility. So at least think about it. But I guess what I what I don't like is I don't mind LeBron or Kaepernick doing what they want to do. But I don't like when people pressure others to do something politically like if there's a rapper in my personal perspective saying like take lean and you know go kill yourself or kill people it's hard to be like yo dude you you got a huge influence like maybe like i know kids that are listening to that and they think that's cool so could you maybe like say something that makes a little more sense i like that a little better but when someone says you have to feel this way politically i think that's the wrong uh, wrong play i know uh, max kellerman from espn went hard at tiger woods and, and what he said was I respect the office. I don't care who's president. You got to respect the office. Max Kellerman's like foaming at the mouth. He's got like a sore in his mouth. Like, you got to like, it's like, dude, shut up, man. Like Tiger doesn't agree with you. And I think that's where conservatives used to really annoy me by being so close minded and nasty. And some of them still absolutely are. But I feel like liberals, maybe because they have more media power, this last couple of years have surpassed where you can't even disagree or they freak out at you. Whereas he didn't even say he liked Trump, which he's allowed to. If Tiger does, he knows him, you know, same with Kanye. Kanye's like, I, I know him. That's my friend, you know, like, mm-hmm. so they're allowed to like them or they're allowed to vote for them. And liberals have, uh, and especially media, what they do is say, you have influence. You have to support this politically. And some people just don't. And they're all like afraid. I know people who work, you know, with rappers and in big media who say, like, I love your videos. I'm afraid to say how I feel. I've always been Democrat, but, you know, I'm not I'm not that mad at Trump. I, I see the, the things that I don't like and I see the things that I do like. You almost sure. can't even have that thing. So I, uh, I think that you absolutely have a responsibility. But a lot of these uh, c- celebrities say agree with me politically. And I find a lot of their activism is counterproductive i'll say with with kaepernick real quick i don't mind that he kneels Uh, i think you have the right to do that and people can like it or dislike it but when the spotlight was on him and the things he was saying police brutality that's that's fine that's great talk about it but they spend 99 percent of the their effort talking about that if you look at statistics of how many police kill black americans very very low way under one percent if you look at you know the black on black murder rate it's extremely high so are you trying to solve every issue and there's a lot of data that conservatives point out to a lot where they say the father in the home and this is happening in all communities but in the black community is way lower than it's ever been like at like 30 percent or something that and of course you grow up without a father now you have you know no guidance or so i find that there's no self-accountability on that side you could talk about police brutality police corruption that's fine but if you try to get them to be self-accountable and that's what i think changed my life whether you listen to gary v or tony robbins you know self-accountability that's how you get success but they don't want to hear it they just say police brutality police brutality but that's a small piece of the puzzle and you look at health opioids drugs you know crime the culture that i've always loved hip-hop culture which is telling kids to take pills and guiding them in the wrong direction 
no word about that. So I, I find that it's like everyone's kind of sheep, like this is what I care about, but it's it's the amount of people that it's affecting is so low that I feel like they, pre- you have to agree with this. And I'm like, I, I think that's a little overblown. Well, there you go. It's, you know, walking the walk and not talking the talk because that's a big thing conservatives say that the the formation or the building blocks of the home having a mother and father or having you know having both of those individuals there and a family unit there is what we based you know i would only say even like post 1940s of our culture and society off of and now that we have you know i think there's a lot of things still happening from the sexual revolution of the 1960s from uh, women getting more uh, accessibility to the workplace. Like men and women have never spent this much time together. In, I know it's awful. In, no, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, I'm saying, like ever. Like, <laughs> like and, the, and the weird thing is like biologically we're here to consume resources and multiply. That's what, you know, our, our cells and our DNA is written down to do. We created this whole society and civilization around these things and all these new rules and the people who spend the most time together can't do, can't sometimes communicate with each other. You know, there, there's all these different things that are happening. We're talking about like even like sexual harassment in the office and workplace. Men and women who like can't go out there and, you know, connect, have relationships, but they're spending all this time together. And the people we're trying to bring up and care about, it's just not there. And it's not for that. I don't know where the future goes with that. Because I think, like you said, like I said, we're in these weird growing pains of society where we have the accessibility to go and do all these things, but we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know what the right answer is. I think as long as people can have discussion about it, it's it's a balance. But that that's my big, I guess, beef with nowadays. They say, if you don't agree with this, you're a bigot, you're a horrible person. But, but is it just discussion? We, I mean, how, like we, we need a discussion. But I mean, it's it's walking the walk, though. I mean, how do we get people to get out and do things. You and I can sit here and talk to the cows come home. Yeah. You can make your videos. I'm going to make these podcasts. I'm going to make these videos, but you know, that's the thing that I'm probably down on myself with. Like, I mean, yeah, I want to, I want to be the change in the world and do the thing. So I'm going to go out and live life the way I want to live it and try, you know, advocate that we're never going to see. And this is the, the disheartening thing that people probably feel and see that they don't get to see that change. They don't get to know the influence they get to have on the world around them. Well, I think that's the most important is uh, being the change and, and doing it because no matter man, woman, this, that, where you start from, what you did in the past, you have to make a certain decision to take something to a certain level. And it, it's very possible here. So that's even with like activism or, or discussion, gender, all that stuff. There's a place for it. But I think the, the negatives have been very overblown. And also certain narratives are maybe like one percent of the full equation but they're 99 percent of the talking and then if you say something else they, they they yell at you you know and based on you know race the or gender they'll say you can't have this discussion you can't have this opinion if you're say a black conservative and you talk about the family stuff they're very very vicious to you know my black conservative friends like you're you know, calling them all sorts of names and saying you're a sellout. And a lot of them are very intelligent and just preaching self-accountability, the same things that Eckhart Tolle or, uh, you know, Gary Vee. But for some reason, it works when you're talking about business and entrepreneurship. But if you talk about politics and social life, people freak out. Uh, So I I think it's being the change is important. Discussing things is important. And uh, that's that's my number one and i find that that seems to rub a lot of people the, the wrong way is like self-accountability people spend too much time hating and judging others and not enough time making things happen 
Oh, one more thing I wanted to get into before uh, we have big Warriors game coming because we got to help basketball slow too. Is the Nexus report that was released when it was tracking the? This is back into the media topic we were going on before. The um, the amount of research on keywords and things that are researched and that paper and the ideas and topics that papers were written about, and a lot of these companies are ran these media companies by libertarians, and they've been able to target certain words and certain phrases. Um, from like white privilege to police brutality and the amount of articles that were written about these things. It also goes back into what you're saying is the amount of negative that's hyped on people and that the way they get funneled and get to see mm. in front of them has been way more negative. I think it's up from like a thousand to 15,000 papers that have been written about these topics and these topics. And these are the things that are getting funneled from these companies. And it's, you know, progressive and left-leaning ideas of social more more than you know right-leaning about social justice and changing the world but it's advocating it in a negative way so again the manipulation of seeing of what what's getting put out there has been seen that have you seen those videos no and, so uh, those you're reports? saying that tim pool did a, a great video on that about from the research um that libertarians are doing it? That libertarian or libertarian-minded people... Are reading it or doing No, it? that are creating or running these uh, different media hubs in order to write these articles... And to piss people off? No, but to, to that's going to advocate a more negative-minded thing that people are going to be clicking on these videos and, or clicking on these videos, not videos, but articles. Mm -hmm. And so those articles are going to be seen more, but they're going to be putting things in negative lights... Oh. And not, not completely negative lights, but like just negative ideas and negative uh, oh, yeah. clouds over them. So you think the world is in a much more negative and pessimistic place because that's the thing people are going to click on and see. I think um, the biggest thing is like Florida and global warming and that the world is going to be under Florida is going to be underwater. I've been told this. I know climate change exists. I, I know the world is continuously getting hotter and the temperatures are rising. But being advocated about what I've been told about, you know, since I was a kid, I remember Florida is supposed to be underwater by 2010. Oh, yeah. They've been saying there's actually a great article from AP uh, that's it was from 1980. And they 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 predicted 30 years ago that it, that it's going to happen. Uh, that's a big subject to dive into. I've always been an environmentalist, but learning about uh, a lot of the data and research, it's it's a little it's a little shakier than, than people think. I'll say about the uh, the libertarian thing you're talking about, definitely uh, on the right wing as well. Uh, you know they're very negative. Like um, they're when the they biggest write, fear mongers out there sometimes. About when they write about me, they they always frame it in this crazy, insane light. Like, can you just write about my song? They try to like pin me against other rappers for, for the clicks. And I told them like I don't even want to be written about by by Fox. Fox News actually kind of smeared me. They said uh, really? I was a well they said I was a self-proclaimed hip hop artist and news analyst. Like I'm not a like self-proclaimed basketball. Like like I'm just saying it. Like I don't actually play. I and then they said Roseanne, I had an interview with her that she was lying about something that at that that thing she was totally right about. They were like smearing us and I was like that's weird. But no the the fear thing seems to I don't know if it gets a lot of clicks or they're doing it, but I find I get, I don't do articles. If I did, they'd get more clicks than them probably, but my videos do fine and they're not negative. So I'm like, are, do people really want that? Or is it just like, I get it's like the world star hip hop approach. I don't think that's the only thing that works though, but I do agree that most right wing media is absolutely hysterical, uh, always hating on people and making the people that they hate more famous, always 
hyping things up way worse than they are. And same with the left now. They're they're doing that a lot with Trump and stuff. So you have two sides that are just always angry and mad. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I think it's, I know that they're doing it, but I don't, I, I disagree that it's the most profitable thing. I think being calm, like Bob Ross, it's, I have a song called Bob Ross. It's a good like, song. you know, chill, chill out. It's people like <laughs> it and it lasts a lot longer. Like people still watch Bob Ross. Well, that's the thing. Like, like you said, it's, they know that to be profitable for them now. I think it's not, it's not, it was like libertarian minded people are running these places. And so that when these kind of medias or stories are written, they're pushing it towards make these words and phrases in those articles and to make thing make again, make, uh, make it seem that things are much worse than they actually are. But with again, the, with the, with the picture and the headline, that's what people are going to see to click on it. Yeah. So some people's strategy is craziest picture, craziest, most insane headline you know and i i get it with the headline but i don't like where i can you can tell that certain outlets just will do it for anything where i I think you should have a little bit of a moral compass there and not just like do some crazy sick shit just for a thousand clicks yeah i'll watch i'll put on sean hannity on the fox news app in there just for entertainment just like why does this guy think the world is blowing up and then when you see family members who watch that and just like they'll call you like is, there, is, there, is the caravan coming here? I'm like, no, there, there is no caravan on the doorstep of Los Angeles. Like, stop watching TV. If you it's want, on San Diego. No, if, if, you, if you want to come here and see it for yourself, like, there's no one coming here. We have a lot bigger problems with homelessness and trying to figure out, like, if what is the homeless problem? Is it a lack of housing? Is it a, a lot of people say it's a drug problem, but, you know, where I think it is is we just haven't built the infrastructure in our societies for people to fit in like society it's this playground we're trying to find ways and jobs for things and things for people to do so we can run this machine that we're running but you know there's a lot of people that don't fit in and i don't know if we're ever going to have a place for them or if we're going to be able to find a place for them it's tough i'll say this too and this is unpopular on both sides to people who watch television but um you watch CNN or Fox News, the commercials are all pharmacy pills, almost all of them, or lawyers or awful food. Like it, The commercials disgust me just to watch the network and see those commercials. And how do you sell pills? You, if you want people are de- depre- or depression pills, you, know, you need people to be depressed. If it's some crazy thing, you need people to be sick. So I think, I don't know if purposely or by design, but these networks are making people like sick and insane and depressed. And then they sell them sick, insane depression pills. So I, I don't think it's by, it's a mistake. And I uh, encourage people, whether they're left wing or right wing, to try to find better media. Because even if I agree with some of them politically sometimes, or I don't like their approach at all. And I do think that they're purposely pissing people off and making them sick. I feel sick when I watch these these uh, commercials. And when I when I if I ate the foods and did what they told me to do, I'd be sick constantly. The only the reason I'm not sick is because I don't. I don't watch that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, how do independent content creators be able to go out and go with these different media platforms, bringing a full circle on you right here, mm. where our content's getting repressed in terms of how it can be seen? These media companies have swooped in to these original content creating uh, platforms. And now, you know, those guys are getting fueled and funded by fast food companies, big pharma, and they got a lot of money getting thrown at them in order to create the content we can create. You know, how does one content creator not be, you know, feel uh, delegitimized to try and get into the space? I would say sidestep. Like I I used to want to be 
sign to a label and you know do like rap stuff and i i do it now uh but i'm like oh i don't actually want to work with those people i don't want to be on tour with them i thought i did so with tv people were like oh you you'd be great on on fox or you could do there i was like i I mean, if they offer the right thing and let me actually do what I wanted to do, I'd do it with MSNBC or, but they'd have to let me do the right thing. However, if they don't, I don't care. Like people think I care. I'm like, I don't care because you can get like, I looked at a lot of these hosts besides maybe the top three. I I have a bigger following and a bigger reach than some of their, their shows do some nights. So I'm like, you do you, I'll do me. And, and it, your, yours is going downwards. Mine's going upwards. So I would say don't don't seek to be on their their thing just like like they they wish they had the uh, appeal that a uh, a Rogan or someone had you know they wish they could reach that many people so they're not they just dress up in suits and uh, look nice but we could we could buy a suit you know yeah if you think uh, about that I, I have mean, a suit I'm, I'm lying <laughs> now people are like you don't have a suit I have one I have one I have three uh, you're I'll give you me. one equality <laughs> no <laughs> please have two I, I wouldn't fit in your seat man you're way too tall for me right. the, um, yeah because I mean Rogan's episode get you know 10 million like we're talking Dan Carlin like 25 million like yeah TV shows struggle these days to hit like 3 or 4 million unless it's like a sporting event Super Bowl's getting like 55 or 75 million and how million? many of those are, are sitting in cafes and airports you know it's like they, I don't I think probably half of them might be just like airports and diners like you know they're always on they always got fox or cnn on i don't think their numbers are even that big because i look at some of these people and no one likes i'm like you're on television i don't want to i don't want to pick on my man but ebro from uh ebro in the morning he does the hip-hop stuff he's got 250,000 followers he's on syndicator radio every day and he's got these bad political takes he's got five favorites six favorites i'm like you got all these sponsors you know all this free promotion and no one cares it's pretty wild it's nuts <laughs> but we got a basketball game too That's who, do you, it. who do you got man warriors by 300 guaranteed no uh <laughs> i want the warriors to win but it's it's gonna be tough man i was just thinking about it earlier uh the the starting lineup of the the um the raptors all of them could shoot threes you got danny green lights out Kawhi lights leonard out. lights out siakam's been killing it gasol can hit threes nonstop, and then they have like Van Fleet. That's tough. They're they're almost better shooters than than uh, the whole team of the obviously not Curry or or a Thompson, but with, with Durant hurt, I I don't know. But yeah, I can uh, honestly say, and this is me admitting when I'm wrong, because I said the Raptors weren't going to win a game, but I didn't realize how depleted the Warriors were and how well the Raptors matched up with yeah. the Warriors. And after that first game, I gave it two games. So I was like, okay, it's going to be 4-1 after this. But they just really match up with them well, like you said. You know, it's a very, very long team. That starting lineup, I think Kyle Lowry's 6-1. I mean, might be 6-3, I'm wrong. But, yeah. I mean, that's a big, big lineup they got there. Seven-foot Gasol, Siakam, I'm sure, has got a 7-5 wingspan for a 6-9, 6-10 guy. Kawhi is one of the best defenders. and They got, got Baca on the bench. He's coming off the bench? Yeah. But then Danny Green's a great shooter and defender, so... You know, they end up matching up so well with that uh, against, um, what's it called, Golden State. But I'm going to shout out Squeaky because he gave a great theory. Is that if this g- does go to game six, Durant will come back because this gives him the perfect storybook uh, to show his importance to the Golden State Warriors because he becomes the MVP. Down 3-2, he comes in, helps them win game six and seven. Looks like the biggest legend ever. And I he walks so. off in the books. You heard it here. 
that's what's going to happen uh, if it goes to Game Six. And uh, they they need. I hope uh, what's his Thompson is is a little healthy. I know he's playing tonight, but without Thompson and Durant, no teams. A lot of the teams that had one or two injuries, they lost. You know, almost because of that. So. It, I don't know if they could just pull it off with just Steph and like Sean Livingston. They definitely can't. But like it's it's the floor spacing. I mean, the NBA game has expanded so much. You see the evolution of the three point shot, the evolution of even the lob pass. Because I don't know, you remember basketball from the '90s, there wasn't this many alley oops. Way shorter shorts too. Yeah. The, the evolution of the short. It is slowly <laughs> and it's important. down to the knee. Yeah. It is. As important. the shorts got longer, the the tall people started hitting more threes. That's that's science. You heard it here first. That's a good ratio to throw it at. <laughs> Three-pointers to short length. Yeah, it's a good graph. There, there's your uh, college paper right there. You can go right about that. It's a poll. Um, 100% accuracy. Yeah, so, you know, it, we'll, we'll see what happens in the game. I'm hoping the series gets extended. I'm just a fan of good sports. Mm. So the more sports we get to see, the more great sports we get to see because, you know, it's impressive and crazy what these guys can do physically and, you know, mentally. So it's the last 10 months of the year. These guys have been playing for 10 months. Excuse me, about nine now. But, like, that's nuts. Facts. And we'll hoop soon, and I'm calling out every news journalist from Sean Hannity to Rachel Maddow. I could beat you one-on-one, or anybody on the internet. So anybody <laughs> wants to play me one-on-one, I got you. I know you've been in talks, I don't know if you want to say, with InfoWars about playing a basketball game. Oh, I just put it out there. I put a, I put a shout-out to anyone. I said, you know, anyone who wants to play me, and someone from InfoWars, they elected Owen Schroyer, and they said, don't get your teeth knocked out. Like, he's going to knock out my teeth. I was like, why? Is he, uh, is he too rough around the edges? Is he going to foul me, or is he actually... You know, so if I go if I go to Texas, I guess it's going to be a one on one. I said only if Alex Jones is the announcer, and it's live on Infowars streamed. If not, I'm too busy. That so, would be hilarious. Yeah, he's got to be the announcer, else I'm I'm, I'm busy. Uh, that happens, I'll come out there with you for that. <laughs> Any chance to go to Texas? But dude, it was great finally meeting you. Remember, people just lack authenticity, and people really, really just go after for people who are just being themselves, and being authentic. So man, it was great to finally sit down man, and chat with you. Nice meeting you. Ah, it was a pleasure. And um, yeah, let people know where they can find you if we haven't said it already, whether that's going to be YouTube, Facebook, and uh, yeah, wherever else you want to plug yourself at. Uh, Instagram at Dream Rare, because that's the easiest to spell. Dream Rare, one word. Uh, Facebook, Anomaly, A N Zero M A L Y. So that was a zero. A N Zero M A L Y. <laughs> Gotta say it twice. I know my marketing. Yeah. People come up to me and they're like, for, first of all, they, they're like, you're that guy. They don't even know my name. And then they, they spell it wrong. I'm like damn, big fan. Can't even spell the name. I get it. It's too too uh, hard. Don't but don't don't beat him up for it. Don't beat him up. Nah, for I don't it. care. I'm just playing. <laughs> Sometimes there's this kid from Syria that I promote a lot. Treka is a comedian. They're like, you're Treka. I was like, no, I'm not. That's not me. <laughs> but uh, it's all good. Yeah. Or Twitter at Legendary Energy, or in the streets. But don't follow me, or else I'm a swing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, let people know where they can see your uh, your music as well, man. Oh yeah, I'm on Spotify or uh, YouTube. I have a song with Trapped. I don't know if you guys know the song Headstrong by Trapped. Headstrong. I got a song with them okay. recently. It's called Come Together. It's about, you know, America coming together. It's pretty fun. And uh, I, I, they're on tour. I got to do a few performances with them. I really like that song, though. It's, it's calm. No curses for the kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Any performances coming up? I'm going to come out there and check out a show. Uh, I think they're doing the Whiskey Go-Go out here. But I, I think uh, they're they're on tour on the East Coast. I just don't. I got to do some videos and stuff, so I, I think that was my last big one, the one in uh, Pennsylvania. But I'll, I'll watch I'll that do video, something. man. Yeah, whenever you go out, man, I'm I'm yeah. there to support, man. Got support you, the fellow creators, and yeah, dude, anybody making art, man, you got next one. Get, you're there. You got to respect it. Drinking backstage kombucha if you're trying to 
you know, be on it. I'm about it. Right. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. You know all that YouTube stuff you got to do. And, uh, yeah, plug it away. You got your Reddit, your Facebook, Twitters. Share it out there. It really helps us get exposure because, as you can see and as we talked about, it's really hard to get your vis videos visibility, even on these platforms for independent content creators. And if you're listening to this, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really don't need to be talking to the camera anymore because this is the listening part. But subscribe, share, all that good stuff. We really, I really appreciate it. And if you really like this stuff and you're still listening to me talk, we got a Patreon page and there are plenty of ways to get exclusive access to the people I have on this podcast with whatever unique thing or niche thing they do. There are plenty of ways that you can not only contribute, but you get unique access. If you want to go bobsled sliding out in Lake Placid in New York, we can make that happen. And we can get you on the ice with Olympic bobsledder Jared Firestone, who's been on the show and there's a great video to do that. So go check out that Patreon page. And if you've been a guest on the show... Let's find a way to make you give people some exclusive access to what you do and the unique things you do. But we're tuning out. We're the bus driver experience. Have a great day, everybody. Oh, yeah. This is the moment uh, for those who.